0: Hey there, welcome to The Balanced Mompreneur, a podcast designed to help you grow in business, faith, and motherhood. I'm Sheree Sauer, boy mom, faith-based mompreneur coach, and owner of Heartfelt Mamas. Each week, I will be interviewing faith-filled mompreneurs and giving you tips and tricks to help you grow a profitable, sustainable business without burnout and without sacrificing your family. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast today, friends. I have Tori Ann Perky here with me. Tori Ann is a recruiting guru and online business management expert. As a co-founder of Integrate Up, she helps people who want to work online get hired by visionary CEOs looking to build their dream teams. She believes that every person who wants wants to deserves the freedom and flexibility to build the life they want while working remotely, which is perfect because we are an audience of mompreneurs. Welcome to the podcast, Torianne. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, Tell us about you, about your family. Uh, We have an idea of what you do, but but
1: tell us kind of the more personal side. Yeah, for sure. So first of all, from one mompreneur to another, I am so excited to be here. I just I just feel such a connection with your listeners because we are very very similar in a lot of the goals that we have for our life. So. Yes, as it says, I'm the co-founder of this recruiting agency, but foremost and most importantly, I am the mom to four kids. Uh, The oldest is now 20, uh, or yeah, 20, and the youngest, actually, they just turned ages. I have 15 to 21. Sorry, (laughs) they just all had birthdays. So 15 to 21, and then I have an amazing spouse, and I have been raising them for, um, obviously, 20. my husband and I have been married almost 26 years. And the other kind of really interesting side thing about us is we have homeschooled for a really long time. I'm looking at 18 plus years as a homeschool mom, and my kids have always been homeschooled. And so for me, that balance between working and then, you know, and having this business that I run and and do, but also finding the balance with my family and particularly with our homeschool is super important to me.
0: Okay. I'm so excited. I did not know that you homeschooled. I just started homeschooling last year. Um, I was so excited that my youngest was entering kindergarten I was like, yes, I can finally work. Like I can finally work on my business full time. And then COVID happened. (laughs) Um, so I've just been kind of thrown into it and it's, it's like a whole new world of balancing. So, um, yeah. And you have older kids. So, uh, and, let me just say you do not old and you do not look old enough to have teenagers, let alone a 20 year old. So I'll just put that out there or to have been married for 26 years.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. It's good genes.
0: I can't take any credit for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Torianne, when did you tell us your background? Like how did you start the integrate up
1: business? What did you do before
0: that? What led to
1: this? Yeah, for sure. So I met my husband in college. Um, I got married at 20. So right out of the gate, but we didn't have kids for a couple years. And I worked, I was a project manager for, of all things, a textbook company, but I was just like you. I was, I swore I'd never homeschool my children that you sent them to school. So you had free time. I didn't really plan on working at that point, but I was definitely planning on like having free time and, you know, there were just other plans. Um, You know, I believe in God and I believe God had other plans for my family, so there you go. But um, because I was a project manager, I'm very organized and I like to make things happen. I'm comfortable leading. And so when my kids were younger, I was involved in a lot of volunteer capacities, either in the homeschool community or in my church community, you know, just doing different things. And uh, I strictly, I did a little bit of freelance work um, back in the day, but when my kids were young, I really did just mostly do volunteer work, which was quite time consuming, but a little more flexible than, you know, working, working. And then um, my kids got older and it was time to start. I just kind of felt the need to be doing something more than just being a mom and just homeschooling. I put that in air quotes because I think those are so important that if someone is choosing to do that full-time, more power to them, right? There's no judgment, but I wanted more. I could feel that there was more. I, my kids were getting older, like I said, and so I started dabbling in the online world. I'm kind of techie, and so I was like, oh, do I want to learn how to build websites? Do I want to start a blog? I, For a while, I ran a homeschool business that was actually teaching other people how to homeschool, and in the process of doing that, you know, you're creating businesses, you're creating a business, you Go hire coaches or you buy online courses. You're trying to learn what to do because I didn't know how to run a business. I'd just always been interested. And in the process of doing that, I hired a coach and she came, she posted one day and said, Hey, I'm looking for a bookkeeper. Is anyone interested? And I had done some accounting in my background. And so I thought, Oh, I'll just give that a try. So she hired me to be her bookkeeper, quickly realized that I had all of this like project management skills and brought me on to kind of run her team. And I didn't know that was even a thing. I did not even know you could get hired to like run a business. And she, I didn't really know what I was doing, but we were just kind of figuring it out together, which was awesome. And in that position, I met my current business partner. She had been hired to help run an event for this coach. And we met each other. We loved working together. Uh, some things changed with that business. We both kind of went our separate ways, but my business partner approached me about two years later and said, hey, I have this idea. What if we became partners and we help manage businesses together? And I thought, oh, that sounds amazing. I would much rather work with someone as a partner than be a solopreneur. I just like having a partner. And so we started working together and we quickly discovered there were more people who wanted to hire us than we could actually fulfill. And that's because my partner is brilliant at networking. It is, I'm terrible at it, but she's so good at it. And so she was connected to all these people. And so we shifted from managing specific businesses to helping recruit for digital entrepreneurs. So all these digital entrepreneurs would show up we say hey what are you looking to hire and we're talking everything from vAs to copywriters to executive assistants to all the way up to online business managers integrators marketing directors we've done the gamut now and they would work they work with us and then we go off we find them those people and we play matchmaker i like to say we're kind of like yenta from fiddler on the roof <laughs> <laughs> you know and i cut sometimes and and when it goes really really well i kind of want to like sing, matchmaker, matchmaker, because it's just so fun. So that's where we are today. And we had no idea that we were going to really shift. We probably shifted in like January of 2020 and then COVID happened. And there was this explosion of people who were looking to hire online and looking to get hired online. And so we just happened to be in the right place at the right time to ride a wave. And it, it has been nonstop. So that's the short version of where I came from.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's really cool. I love the stories where it's like, oh, well, you know, I just was looking for something. I didn't really know what this presented. So I just, you know, I just kind of decided to take it. And then it led into this, you know, the, all these other things. Um, I, d- I just always find that so fascinating. And the, like the willingness just to jump in and just to try it, even if you don't have the experience, that's something that I find with, I think moms especially um, is just not having that confidence in themselves to kind of step out into faith and, and, trying something different or something that they're not maybe used to or, you know, and it's that whole, like, you don't, you don't know until you start. You just have to start somewhere and then you just don't, you never know where that's going to lead. So I love that story.
1: That's, that's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I was going to say just one thing about that. So what's yeah. really interesting about that is if you listen to my story, it sounds like I just kind of went from one thing to another and it all worked out. There's so much failure along the way. My blog totally didn't work. My homeschool business, it was called Homeschool to Homeschool. I mean, you can still find it online, but I could never figure out a way to make it make enough money to make it worth all the time I was investing in it. So, you know, as a bookkeeper, I actually had no business saying I could be a bookkeeper because I just knew how to budget and I'd taken one accounting class. You know what I mean? So the big part of my story looks like a series of successes, but it really was, it'd be just as easy to paint that as a series of failures that fell that led me to something that currently really does look like a success.
0: Oh, I love that. That's like the whole like failing forward. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I, I think that's so common with so many entrepreneurs. It's like, you, you start one thing and that leads to another, that leads to another, um, before you kind of find the thing. And I think we can get so stuck in the, like, oh, this didn't work. So it's just not meant for me. Entrepreneurship just not meant for me. Right. Like it just, it takes time to discover where your strengths are, are. And I love that you pointed out that there were a lot of failures along the way, um, because it is easy to look at somebody and be like, oh my gosh, she's so successful. Like everything just works out for her <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when in reality, like we don't see the behind the scenes look. So I love that you pointed that out. Um, how old were your kids when you kind of started your entrepreneurial journey?
1: So I, like I said, I did a little bit of freelancing when they were, my oldest was first born. And then I really did pause. So this is where I feel like I do a disservice because I don't think I actually started working for money where it was like, I was really fully invested till probably my youngest was maybe eight or 10. So it was like 2013, maybe he was a little bit younger than that. So he's probably seven. So I had seven, nine, 11, and 13. They were a little bit older. And then I was just dabbling. I didn't get serious till my youngest was probably 12 or 13.
0: And why do you feel that homeschool to homeschool business didn't work out?
1: You know, honestly, because marketing is not my strong suit. And I think if, I mean, I, I think if I had tried I, on, a, well, okay, so here's why I think because homeschool moms as a general rule don't have a lot of money, right? Because mm-hmm. if they're homeschooling, they're probably not working full-time or if they're working full-time because they have to, right? Yeah. So there's not a lot of money and there's a lot of free resources out there. And I didn't want to write curriculum and I didn't want to create printables and those can make money. So I was very much into teaching people how to homeschool and principle-based and if i had i think been more of a risk taker taker if i dove more into facebook ads i probably could have made it work cuz with the little i tried with that did work some but i just i just didn't love marketing i loved doing and creating content and so i was great at creating free content i have tons of free and you can go find free videos online that i made you know 5 6 years ago that are still really applicable but i never could figure out how to scale it and make it profitable and It's a very general question, but I just had like, I just had an info-based product that sat at like $150 and I didn't want to do one the one-on-one coaching, which is what you would do to take that and then move it to the next step almost always, or like a mastermind group or whatever. It just wasn't, it just didn't make sense to do within the community that I was building. Gotcha. Um, When did you pivot away from that? Oh, emotionally, I still have it. (laughs) I mean, I still maintain, I still maintain the email list. And because it's all self, like I literally do nothing, but if someone finds a video and is interested in one of my info courses, it's still there. So I actually made a little bit of money today off of that, but I I mean, I maybe make maybe make $150, $200 a month. So it's not like it's anything really. Cause it's just kind of floating out there. I officially probably stopped a year and a half ago. Cause we were, okay. this kind of scaled so quickly. And I was like, I've got to choose. And this one made a lot more sense. Okay. And what do you,
0: what do you feel is different about this? Like, is this tapping more into your strengths? Or are you more fulfilled by this?
1: Different strengths. So, I love teaching, which is why I love homeschooling, right? In part. So, I love teaching and helping homeschool moms. I would say one of the things that was hard is after a while, I got tired of saying the same things, and new homeschool moms always have the same questions, right? So, at some <laughs> point, you're kind of like, it's tedious. And I felt like I'd already talked about that topic. So, and you always have to generate new content, right? Um, but I would say the biggest difference from like just a business success is I got a partner. I, um, I am someone who needs to connect with someone and say, oh, my goodness, today was hard or, wow, look, we were successful. And even your spouse, your kids, the people you hang out in the park with, nobody gets it if they're not an entrepreneur themselves. They don't understand that. And I needed someone who could celebrate and I needed someone who was a match like she and I are so perfect for each other in that my strength, I mean, we're both organized, we both could run businesses, but her strengths are completely different than mine. And together, she's way more like networking, I'm way more detail-oriented. So together, and she's the same way. So together, we are a good match. Um, And I read a book recently from the same guy who wrote the book called Rocket Fuel, which talks about integrators, which is where I learned about that term. It's like an online business manager plus. And he talked about how in successful businesses, some people are solo. They want to be in charge. They want to run the show. And some people are partners and they need a partner to be successful. And that was very validating.
0: I was just going to say it's... um because you hear a lot that partnerships don't work out or they end badly or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so I was, I was fascinated that you said you had a partner and I think that makes perfect sense that you complement each other really well, but that makes sense too. Of like, there's some people who just want to be in charge and do it all. And there's other people who like thrive off of partnerships and it's okay to be either one, whatever, whatever works for you. So,
1: um, Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, for years, even before I figured this out, when I was still doing online business management, I used to say, I just want to be the Roy Disney to somebody's Walt. Like Walt Disney was visionary, (laughs) brilliant, but he could not manage the money and the business to save his life. Roy is the one who made that Disney grow to be what it is, right? And I knew I had that in me, but I was, I'm not visionary. I'm not the person, oh, we could do this and we could do this. I'm just not that. And so I think actually when you're asking me why the homeschool business didn't happen, it, that is the number one reason. I just wasn't visionary enough to have new ideas.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay. That's so fascinating. I, um, it's like, I have like marketing is definitely not my strength. And so Um, I always go through that too, of like, oh my gosh, if I just had somebody (laughs) who like, you know, and I am definitely more of like the visionary. So I can, I can totally see that, but I'm also the, like, I want to be in charge and I want it to be my way. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay. So your kids, so your kids were, once you kind of started the integrate up, your kids were a little bit older. So are you, but you're still homeschooling through that? Yes.
1: Yeah. I think one of the uh, miss is that in order to run a successful business, you have to work 40 hours a week and full disclosure, my partner and I on this business don't want to work more than 15 hours a week. And so, I mean, sometimes we do more than that, but that's kind of my target 15, maybe 20. And when my kids are older, I can do that, right? Like it, the middle of the day, they're off doing their own assignments. I I don't have to be nearly as involved, but even now I don't, I just don't work full-time. I only work on our business. It's growing significantly enough that that is all I need. Um, for where I am financially and everything else. Um, it could be a lot bigger if we both worked more, but we don't want that. This mm-hmm. is what we're looking for. And so um, I can still homeschool because I'm only doing this 15, 20 hours a week. And then homeschool probably, with all the different homeschooling things, that's probably 20 hours a week um, between all the things I do. And so, you know, there you have your full-time job. And then on top of that, I'm doing all the momming stuff and I have other volunteer capacities at church and things like that. So I'm busy but it's more segmented than just working.
0: Yeah, you know, I think homeschooling, being forced into homeschooling was probably a blessing for me because I, I think for so long for myself and for, you know, other mompreneurs, it's like, oh, once my kids get into school full time, then I'll be able to scale my business or then I'll be able to do this. But it's like, no, you, you can, you get really efficient with your time and you can do a lot in, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week versus having 40 hours a week and how much time is how much you're going to spend, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I was, I was a little bit frustrated when we got thrown into COVID, but it's also made me a lot more productive. Um, and yeah, it's, it's doable to work whatever you want to work. If you want to work 40 hours a week, great, but you don't have to work that much. So I love these stories and this is why I like bringing other mompreneurs on who are pursuing business who are successful in business and, and then hearing like, oh yeah, I only work 15 hours a week and you have a partner. So totally you guys only work 30 hours a week together. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Um, So I just, I love that. I love that so much. Um, so with the, let's just kind of talk about that a little bit more of just the balancing, balancing homeschool, balancing working. How do you, ensure that you kind of have t- time for all the things? How do you keep all the balls in the air and not dropping any?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So I'm, I'm a big fan of time blocking. So I tend to kind of think of my day in chunks. Um, so for example, uh, I like to get up and get working and I have teenagers now. So now what I do is I work in the mornings from about six, 6.30 in the morning till about nine-ish, 9.30, and it fluctuates. Sometimes I start at seven and finish at 10 or whatever because they're slow to get going, <laughs> so, you know, so you're, I mean, I'm not going to fight the teenage kind of natural biological clock. And so they're not really up and moving around till 10, 30 anyway. And then I, I block my calendar. No one, like I just from 10 to 12 every day, I actually have it blocked out. No one can schedule anything with me. And it, that's when we connect. I check in with them. I check in with their assignments. Um, we talk about how the day is going to go. We actually exercise together as one of our classes because I need them to hold me accountable as much as they need me to hold them accountable. And so we do that together and that's fun. That's not something I could do with little kids, but now they actually like, they, they can skunk me because they're way more fit. (laughs) I (laughs) can't, I'm like the 40, I guess I'm maybe 45, the 44 year old woman who's like, I'm dying, you know? And then, um, and then after that I can either go work on things so we, I teach at a co-op for teenagers that's for homeschoolers so I'll work on my classes or I'll help them with things in the afternoon or I'll go work some more It kind of depends on what's going on. Or I work on my volunteer capacities and then we have dinner and then I have the evening where I connect with my husband or I'm working on something a project like a, I have a birthday party coming up and we're going to do a big epic escape room and I like planning those kind of puzzles so I'm, you know I work on that in the evening. So. I'm kind of blocking out my day, but if I still had little kids, my schedule was still blocked, but totally different. We'd get up, we were up by seven, but then there was, you know, and we would homeschool, but then there was quiet time and nap time. And my kids did quiet time until they were like 12 and honestly wouldn't bug me anymore. And that was between an hour and two hours every afternoon. And I worked so hard in the afternoon when they were all supposed to be away. And then they were all in bed by like seven o'clock. And I would work for several hours in the evening. I'd probably work seven to 11, right? So I'm still time blocking. But with young kids, I'm a very different schedule than I am now.
0: Yeah. One of the things that you just said there um, that I want to kind of pull out is you said my kids had quiet time until they were 12. And here's what I hear mom say is my kids don't nap anymore. I'm like, Okay, that's fine, but they can still. You can still. You get to set the boundaries. You yeah. get to say this is quiet time. This is mommy's doing this, and this is what you're doing. You don't have to sleep, but you have to. It's up to you what you do in that hour of time, or the that two hour of time, or whatever it is. But it's not interrupting mommy. Like this is my time. Oh and, yeah. <laughs> and I've had that conversation with people, and and they're like. They're almost like, oh, like, wait, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. like, yes, like, yes, you can do that. And I, th- I think there's this guilt that moms carry of like, if my kids are awake, then I have to be, I have to spend every minute with them.
1: Yeah. And I knew, I mean, talking about like just my personal sanity, if I don't get a certain number of hours every day where I can like productively do thinking work, which is all the other things I described, I just am a really grumpy person. So I know that that's super important for me. And I always felt, so we didn't use screens for quiet time. The rule was you had to be in your room and you could read, you could play with toys. And we were lucky enough. I could put everybody in a unique space. And then as, and then the rule was, you don't have to be in your room. If you can quietly entertain yourself without talking to me during that chunk of time. And the kids knew that. So, you know, at eight, nine, if they respect the time that I would let them be in the basement playing with a toy or being on the couch but they couldn't play together because inevitably that did not stay as quiet time <laughs> that was just a fight waiting to happen and so they knew that and when you're together all the time as a homeschool family it is healthy for everyone to take a break from each other so yeah. for us in particular it was really important
0: yeah i'm the same way like i need and i talk about this a lot but when my kids were toddlers i became a stay-at-home mom. And I was just, I was just grumpy all the time. I didn't know what self-care was. I didn't have any boundaries. I didn't. And I realized it's because I need that productive time. I need that time for myself, whatever I'm doing, whether I'm relaxing or I'm reading or I'm working, like I need that time for me to feel healthy and for me to be a good mom. Um, so I love that you pointed that out too, because moms hold so much guilt in, you know, even just working or wanting to take self-care time. And it's like, well, that's because you're focusing on what it's taking. You're focusing on what it's taking away, not what it's giving, right. It's life giving to you, which means it's life giving to your family. So, um, I just, I just love hearing other successful mompreneurs talk about that. Um, do you have boys or girls
1: mix? Yeah. I have two girls and two boys. So it goes girl, okay. boy, girl, boy. And I think it's an, I, I always think it's important to be really honest here. We are not the perfect family. We actually have a lot of dyslexia. We have anxiety. We have depression. My kids, I like to say they just have an alphabet soup of stuff. So they, there were moments. I no, that it's not even moments. That's not fair. There were a lot of times where it was actually quite challenging to parent and to homeschool and it took a lot of energy. And that was one of the reasons I knew we needed time away. Um, And so we had that. And then the other thing that you were saying that, that made me think of this is I also tend, I have four introverts. So my kids were very content to be kind of independent on their own. Like once they were taught that, I didn't have a super social kid. And that would have taken more effort to teach them to be able to be independently um, focused and not need me all the time. Because I've seen other homeschool moms or moms in general who those social kids are hard because they just constantly ask for more. But I think whether you have introverts or extroverts, boys or girls, it's really important to teach your kids how to entertain themselves. And the only way they learn how to do that is by having the opportunity to be bored. And you can't, they can't be bored if they're always with you. Yes.
0: Oh yeah. I love that. Um, say we have, I, that's how I got thrown into homeschooling is actually, we found out my oldest has dyslexia and last year homeschooling was a, it was a real challenge for both of us. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, and we are a much better track this year. Um, and, but he's also that social kid. So it it was definitely, it's, it's been a lot for us to kind of figure out and, and balance that and, um, you know, he was home, and I would be working, and so then he was by himself, and it was like a whole thing. Um, but you know, it just it takes time and takes practice, and um, we're in a we're in a good place now. So, um, yeah, I just i I love Torianna, just the vulnerability that you're bringing to this, and the honesty that you're bringing to this, because this is the stuff that mompreneurs need to hear, right? To know, like, you're not alone. It is a challenge, but you can do it, right? And um. So yeah, I just, I just love that so much. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I want to dive in to your business a little bit more and kind of specifically what you do with that. So if a mompreneur is listening, what, how does your business, like, how could your business help a mompreneur? Yeah. So
1: it kind of depends on the stage she's in, in her business. If she is So if she is a service provider, she is a an executive assistant, a graphic designer, a copywriter, then we are looking to help hire out those type of people to digital entrepreneurs. We're looking to connect them. And so my number one recommendation is please come join our our free Facebook group. It's called Hire Up Online. And in the Facebook group, jobs get posted all the time. It's not just for us to post jobs. Anyone who's looking for fully remote workers can post there and specifically in the digital online space. So online course creators, brand influencers, um, people like you, you know, that's the type of person that is looking to hire, particularly in our group. And they can come in and just it's a way to find positions and some are full-time, but a lot of them are part-time positions. So, you know, you're a contract worker and you want to work 10, 15 hours a week because you are raising your family, or maybe you want to have a couple different side job, side gigs, and you're trying to really build a, you know, a, a service provider business with a couple different clients, then that's how we will help you. If you're a solopreneur that's building a business that needs to hire people, and you're still at that kind of, getting started stage and maybe you're ready to hire your first BA, then you can come in the group and you can post a job. You say, hey, I'm looking to hire. Here's the job description. Here's how you apply. And it's great because instead of uh, just getting someone recommended to you or maybe hopping on the call with the first person you heard of that's got a discovery call, you can actually kind of run a process if you set up a form and say, hey, come apply. And then you can look at everyone who's applied. If you are at the point where you have built a team and you've know post, you made six figures and you're looking to bring some people on, then we would love to help you, right? That's the stage that usually wants to hire us based on what we cost. And this is where you probably have a couple team members but you're looking to grow and you just don't have the time to do the process yourself or you don't trust yourself because you've maybe made bad hires because that happens a lot. And we really have it kind of down to a science. It's an art and a science. And so then you hire us and we do all the work for you. We have a conversation with you. We find out exactly what you're looking for. We go find all the amazing people, vet them, and then hand you three candidates to do a final interview with about four to six weeks later. So it kind of depends on your stage and who is listening, but that's how we help different people in different parts of business. Very cool. So we were talking
0: about this before we got on the recording, but um, I, what I thought of as you explained that was ZipRecruiter. Like <laughs> they're yeah. like big work with the big corporations. You guys are very niche to digital entrepreneurs and for remote workers. Um, and I think that is so cool. Okay, so I don't know if you've been on any um RV podcasts, but you should get yourself on some of those because they're all remote, like right. They they're all people who are looking for remote work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just thought of that because my husband, he actually has been looking for something. And it's like, he has, he has this amazing skill set, right? And, but he doesn't, he doesn't, it's almost like he doesn't know how to recognize, like, okay, what else could I do outside of like the grocery industry that he's been in, you know, for 20 plus years? Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you guys are looking for, so, okay, let's walk through this. Let's say, let's say it's me. Let's say I'm looking for a job or let's say I'm, a graphic designer and I am looking to help solopreneurs. How do you make that match?
1: So as, as the graphic designer, how do I find the work or as someone who's in this recruiting piece, how do I match the graphic designer with the entrepreneur, which are, yeah. 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 So the client will have hired us and been very clear that they're looking for a graphic designer. And they'll tell us that, and so then the job position we post for will be specifically, you know, graphic designer, ten hours a week or twenty hours a month, or you know, whatever it is. And and so you'll know based on your skill set that you'll be a good fit because of the job description you'll read through it. Um, I will say that if you say there are other places, other Facebook groups to also find that kind of work, as well as just doing your own kind of networking. So we are by no means the only way if you're a graphic designer to find positions. We're just one of several online. And there are some that are specifically suited to just VAs or just graphic designers. The thing that I like about our group is that everything is a really legit job and it's been vetted. We don't let any scammy people show up. So there's there's not the kind of, some of those groups feel kind of sleazy where mm-hmm. they want to take advantage of people and that just doesn't make it through our filter. And so that's the difference. But um, it's something you said, you know, your husband, you know, he has amazing skill sets, but he's looking for how do I transition because you now are living this RV lifestyle. And what I would say the best thing to do is go hang out in a group like ours or anywhere where people are talking about online work and just look at the kinds of things that get posted and read remote position job descriptions because there is a language, there are software, there's knowledge so much is transferable, but there are things that are specific to the industry, just like any industry. And if you learn that, you'll either say, oh, you know, I need to go learn that software because it's showing up all the time. And they're, they, that's something they're saying they want, or you'll say, oh, I can see how I can change the way I talk about myself, or maybe I just need to be comfortable you know, I, I, I you're just going to learn what you, the vocabulary you need to use to be able to apply for a position online. Cause it is kind of a different world than, you know, working in an office.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So you guys, um, so it's more, you post the, you put up the job posting where do you, is the, do, do, does the job posting go into your group or do you have other outlets where
1: you put these job postings? Yeah, so we have a lot of different locations that we have found over the course. Uh, you know, So we go to different locations based on the type of job. Sometimes we post on Indeed and LinkedIn, particularly for higher level positions, like a director of marketing, where we're just going to need to pull a different set of candidates. But for a virtual assistant, we know of several really great associations. We know of several great Facebook groups where they're training people who want to be VAs and they spend time in those groups learning how to be a great VA for these kinds of businesses and then we go post in their groups as well and then we post in ours and then we also have a very large email list that we post our jobs out and we actually post every job to our email list that comes into our group so you for free get reach reach to all our email people as well if you join the group and so uh, it really depends on the job we're looking for how we go about finding candidates but every no matter where we go they all get filtered into the same application form so that we on the back end can look at everyone at the same time, and they've all given us the same information. And so we're not digging through resumes or, you know, looking at what ZipRecruiter looks like versus what people are saying in a Facebook post. We've created a system that allows it to simplify it on our end, and it makes it fair, more fair because we will do our initial vetting without looking at names Without looking at a lot of things that it's easy to be biased by. Hmm, It's really hard to have blind, you know, looking very much at information and not the people attached to the information when we get started. Huh, that's really fascinating.
0: I'm like visualizing that in my head. (laughs) Like, oh, that's so the. So, so basically, like somebody would apply and you have a system or a software that it pulls out specific information. So then you don't see their name or their demographics oh, or anything that better, Jenny.
1: <laughs> you make it sound like it's so fancy. I will tell you, like, <laughs> you know what, I got, n- we have nothing to hide because it's not like our system is that hard to duplicate. It literally is a free Google form, right? And we, what we do do really well is we write really good questions and we make it very customized to each client. So we spend a lot of time. We don't ask. There's very little that's boilerplate for us past like name, email, stuff like that. So you fill out the Google form and it all flows into a spreadsheet. And then when I, so I have a job I'm running right now that's got 185 applicants for an executive assistant position. Oh my gosh, she's great. Well, I don't even need to look at the names. The first thing I'm gonna do, and I'll just tell you our process, right? In that app in that particular job description, she made it really clear she's not interested in hiring anyone who's outside the US. and they are perfectly well within their that's reasonable, right? So the first thing I do is just check where they live. And if they live in India or Pakistan, they're automatically next. She has a very specific personality type. she she's very much into human design. And so she wants them to take a human design test and give us their results. If that turns someone off, because that's where you go get your astrology charts, and then you're willing to hand her your astrology charts. If they don't do that, I'm not going to move them on because her culture needs that. But I don't need to look at the name, right? At this point, I'm not looking at names at all. I'm looking at what is their experience as an executive assistant? And you'll get people who are like, I don't have any, but I'm really excited to learn. And this is not a position. There are some VA positions where I totally can move those people on or like a Facebook marketing, I'm learning, they they wanna teach someone how to do Facebook ads. Great, I can move you on. But if this is an experienced position and you're like, first time I've never done it, I can't move you on, right? So I'm filtering based on those things. And I'm literally just going through a skill set and I'm color coding and then, then I can move people into a round that's much more skills-based rather than just, just this basic stuff. So it isn't until pretty far into the process that I'm even looking at names and resumes and things like that. I don't, because I don't, that's not going to tell me whether or not you can do a good job. Right. That's really fascinating. It's brilliant. Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, yeah. I, I find that really, really fascinating. And actually, What kind of intrigues me about this is I have a friend who is a six-figure business owner. She actually did my website design, but she's, she has a heck of a time like going through employees, right. And retention and, and finding people and all of this stuff. And so I'm thinking like in
1: my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is what she needs. She needs the matchmaker. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, when, when entrepreneurs, mompreneurs, when they get to that stage in their business, They often have had a couple grumpy hires. It just hasn't worked out for because hiring is hard and it is so easy to get swept up in the what they say to you or you can like laugh with each other, like energy wise, personality wise, that can cloud your judgment. And a lot of people don't either know how to ask good questions. We get we've really, really honed what questions actually give you information that will help you and which ones are kind of fluffy. And then um, getting really clear on what you want. Part of our job is to pull that out of somebody. And whether you're just hiring your first person or whether you're hiring your fifth or 10th person, getting super clear on all the different facets of what you're looking for and then knowing that someone's helping you find that or looking for that yourself is huge. And it is so easy to miss that piece. If you don't, I mean, we do this every day. You know, it hiring is its own skill set.
0: <laughs> yeah. And if
1: you're a great coach or you're a great graphic designer or you're a web designer like your friend, then you shouldn't be a hiring expert. That's not what you are moving through this world doing. So I love helping people who want the expertise that we bring to the table.
0: That's that's really amazing. That's really, really cool. And you said so you're the the solopreneurs you're that hire you are six figure and beyond. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. I would say that just because our rates are such that it wouldn't, I mean, as someone who spent years creating a business that didn't make a lot of money at that stage in my business, it wouldn't have made sense to hire integrate up because I wasn't making enough to justify the expense. But once you're making enough that you're making you're you are making money and you're just, you're overwhelmed. Um, then it does make, I mean, we will save you so much time and money so much because, A wrong hire is such a time waster, and it'll just suck your money out of you. (laughs) Yeah, very costly. It's so costly. costly. Um,
0: okay, that is so cool. I am just like so intrigued by this. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so um, anything else on as as we transition kind of toward the end here? Is there anything specifically you want to talk and say to a solopreneur or a mompreneur who's either looking? To get their skill set on with a company or vice versa, um, anything in that in in that arena that you want to say?
1: Yeah, I feel like um, talking. Uh, my heart is being pulled towards that mompreneur who's trying to figure it out, right? And they're just at that starting stage, and hopefully they've listened and they're like aspiring to be at that point where they're ready to hire their you know second, third, fourth person, but maybe they're not there yet. And I guess I would just say. No matter where you are in your business, if you keep going, you will figure something out. And there is so much opportunity to figure it out now. And don't limit yourself based on either what other people say to you or the fact that maybe you haven't figured it out yet, because as long as you keep moving forward, you'll figure it out. And that applies to any stage in your business, but particularly when you're not seeing a lot of success.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it can take a while. I think, especially for the moms who are maybe just looking for something outside of motherhood and, you know, and they're just kind of dabbling and trying to figure it out. Um, it will come like (laughs) it's, it's baby steps and you will figure it out as long as you, as long as you persevere, um, you know, through some of the hardship and, and, but I, I think the entrepreneur's if you're an entrepreneur, you are you, you. do have to persevere, right? You you won't make it as an entrepreneur if you don't have that perseverance, um, and that stick to itiveness. So, yeah, I think that's such sound advice in, and just to keep going, and you'll figure it out. And I love that. And and like also giving grace in the stage of motherhood, right? So Tori, and one of the things you pointed out is like when your kids were younger, your schedule looked very different than you're, you know, having teenagers and giving yourself grace in that and not comparing yourself to moms who are in different stages and entrepreneurs who are in different stages. So
1: amen. We didn't (laughs) talk a lot about that, but oh my goodness. And to any mom who thinks, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can handle my kids one more day. (laughs) <laughs> and, or that you feel like your kids are falling behind or you feel like your kids don't measure up or you're failing as a mom i just that's a soapbox i want to scream from the roof is that if you are intentionally showing up for your kids every day and you're showing them that you're trying and you are trying that makes a huge difference and you know from from one from a house where the kids were hard i will just say it it was hard it is you, you will be okay. Things change. They get older. I promise. <laughs> it will not always be in elementary school. It really does get easier in some ways.
0: <laughs> uh, that's so funny. That's what I, I tell all the toddler moms. Like I didn't, I, I did not like the toddler phase. So I'm like, it'll get better. I promise it'll get better. <laughs> yep. Uh, they, each, they each have their stage, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, as we wrap everything up here, Torianne, what is something you do for self-care? You kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, just for relaxation, what do you do to
1: rejuvenate yourself? So I am one of two things. I'm a junkie for British mysteries, so oh, I, will, I will sit and watch those but I love music as well. And so right now I am teaching myself how to play the mandolin because I love Celtic and folk music. So I always kind of have kind of self-learning floating around in the background and that's what I'm working on right now.
0: Very cool. I love that. Uh, what is your Enneagram number? I'm a three, surprise Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I,
1: I, was, I was like, okay, three or one, three or one. <laughs> and I think one, like when I took the test, I think one is almost evenly matched with three. So I might as well just say I'm a three. I know you can't say that, but yeah.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. I love it. Um, Okay. We talked about the piece of advice you have for mompreneur. You kind of touched on that already. So I'm going to ask you a different question. Um, What is one thing that you feel like every mom should have? Like whether it's an app or it's, you know, a blow dryer or whatever it is. Like, what's one thing that will like save her time? Oh, now
1: that's a different question. Save her time (laughs) or just to like make it through motherhood? Okay, either one, whichever one you want to do. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, save time is like, for me, Google Calendar is a a (laughs) non-negotiable. I couldn't survive my kids' schedules. But if you're just saying in general, surviving, um, honestly, I'm a learner, right? I'm, I love learning, find a resource that helps you figure out how, how, to have good relationships with your kids and then suck up all of that and learn how to do it. Because if you work on having a good relationship with each one of your children, then no matter what happens, they'll let you be on their team. And as I have had teenagers, um, there are many times when their choices are hard. But as long as I'm on their team, because we still trust each other, because I've invested in the relationship, and I always put the relationship over everything else, including academics and schooling, um, I was a, I'm able to still counsel with them. They'll listen to me. They'll tell me things. And I that to me, and there's lots of ways to do that. There's not one resource I would point you at. But find, a, find the resources that will teach you how to really connect with your kids when they're being stinkers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's such good good advice. Um, that's actually something I'm really working on, and something I had to let go of last year with homeschooling. Is it, it became about the academics, right? And so it it uh-huh. it put this like rift between our relationship, and I was frustrated and resentful, and he was frustrated and resentful to the point where. Like he was mad when I would go work, and then I was mad because he was mad I was working. You know, and it was like this whole it, it just was not a healthy place. And so I was like, okay, we've just got to back up from the academics for a second and just work on a relationship. And so that's our biggest goal this year is like I'm—I don't even care where you're at academically at the end of the year. <laughs> I yep. just want us to have a better relationship. Um, because he, you know, he's nine, and so he is, you know, going into the those teenage years, and I could just see the direction that was going. And I was like, no, I, I this is, this has got to stop. I don't even care
1: <laughs> if you're yeah. at a, a whole you nother know, podcast just on that topic. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh my gosh. 100%. Yes. I'll have to have you, I'll have to have you back on Tori and we'll have to talk about, you know, some other stuff, but, um, I just appreciate you being here. I appreciate your, you know, just your honesty and just your heartfelt wisdom and advice for the moms who are listening, because, they need it. We all need it. Right. And so, um, yeah, I just loved this conversation and I appreciate so much. You, you being
1: here, any last words, um, or any last things that you want to say? I think we've covered it. It's been absolutely a delight. I've so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining today's episode. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I just want you to know that God did not give you the gifts and the passions and the desires in your heart for you to feel overwhelmed and stressed, for you to be grumpy with your kids. We've all been there. I have been there. But I want you to know that God has equipped you with the ability to work from rest instead of stress for the ability to find balance. And it's not about perfection. And it looks different for everyone. And I want to help you get there. I want to invite you into my free Heartfelt Mamas community, a space where we grow together in business, faith, and motherhood. And if you are looking for a little extra accountability, join us in the Mompreneur membership where we meet three times a month. For more information, you can follow me at Heartfelt Mamas on Instagram or Facebook. You can go to my website at HeartfeltMamas. HeartfeltMamas.com slash community. I can't wait to chat with you next week.